You are tuning in to the Game Sports Show, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media, or known as GEM. This is the Little Caesars Pizza Special Edition Upload. Little Caesars Pizza in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, where there are three locations within the community and many more locations nationwide. Little Caesars Pizza is the largest carryout pizza chain internationally. Convenient, delicious, and cost-effective is a brief yet simple way to describe Little Caesars Pizza. You can order online through their user-friendly online pizza portal. Why wait any longer? Get on those phones, download the app, or get on your computer and make that order order right now the game sports show and gem thanks little caesar's pizza in particular little caesar's pizza in sioux st Marie, ontario for its support the game sports show is heard on spotify apple amazon podbean and podtail podcast platform as well as the game you can make the game a part of your homepage on your mobile device by simply clicking the link and pasting it to your homepage. also you can follow the game sports show on facebook and instagram which is tagged at the Game Sports Show. Now that you're settled in, let's get into another edition of TGSS. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McKaig Jr., bringing you another special edition upload powered by the Game Entertainment Media and sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. Now getting to the co-host joining yours truly tonight, you all know his voice and love him. He's a part of the Game Sports Show and Game Entertainment and Media family as a general sports analyst, as well as our video technician. You can hear his voice on all these special edition uploads, as well as our top shelf edition news show. The one and only Alex Parr. Parr, how's it going, my friend? What's going on, Dave? I'm very excited for this one today. This is going to be a good show for everyone. Oh, definitely. Certainly going to be entertaining. Now, getting to the usual introduction I like to give all of our guests, and that is, of course, getting to our guest. He is a former NHL player, current radio host for Sportsnet Coast for the Fan 590, assistant coach of U of T, and also development coach involved with 360 Kids. Uh, won the Yannick Dupriest Trophy in the AHL for community service. He is an alum with the Kingston Frontenacs in the Ontario Hockey League. He played 197 NHL games between the Carolina Hurricanes, St. Louis Blues, Phoenix Coyotes, now, of course, the Arizona Coyotes, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. He played just under 800 professional hockey games between the NHL, AHL, and the Swedish Elite League. He also represented Canada in 2001 World Junior Championships, where he won a bronze medal. Also, he's a Stanley Cup champion with the 2008-2009 Pittsburgh Penguins. And something that I'm sure we'll get into, he was also drafted twice. Yeah, he was that good. Drafted in the second round twice, firstly by the Buffalo Sabres in 99, and secondly by the Carolina Hurricanes in 2000. One listener should be quite familiar with hearing his voice on the radio side of things. Mike Zigamanis. Mike, we appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. My agent's officially fired. I don't think he knows half of that stuff. So <laughs> thanks for the introduction. So I'll jump right into it with our post opener. You were drafted twice. Now, I know there's a story behind it. I wanted you to kind of educate our listeners about what happened there when you were tra- drafted twice there by Buffalo and, of course, secondly, by Carolina. Well, we don't have enough time tonight to go through the details of everything that happened. Uh, (laughs) The gist of it was we agreed on a contract with the Buffalo Sabres the first time around in 99. The issue was it was right at the deadline and we submitted the wrong contracts. We submitted the right one we agreed to. Um, Buffalo's side, they crossed out a couple of lines and didn't put in the same information that we had agreed on. We clarified the problem five minutes later, but it was after the deadline. The league went to the NHLPA, tried to work out the situation. They couldn't come to an agreement, and I re-entered the draft and ended up going in 01 to, to Carolina. 
Oh, that's unbelievable. You know what? That's as, as, as I said right off the beginning there, it's like you were drafted twice, you know, but of course there was a uh, background to there. But either way, you uh, you went to the second round twice and you were alum in the OHL with Kingston and we're actually going to go another route first besides hockey. You're going to go into what you're currently doing now uh, as kind of the next topic. Now, you know, you're an analyst inside Sportsnet and a co-host of the Fan 590 in Toronto, uh, a place, of course, that you grew up in. How did you enter the world of media? How did it enter your life? I started doing, well, if we could take it right back to junior, I would, I would do a couple hits on Sportsnet when I wasn't playing in a game or if they were ever at a rink covering stuff. And uh, Global used to do this, those Saturday games. I don't even remember back in the day with, with Donnie Martin. And he would always inter- interview me or I would chat with him and I became buddies with him later on. And and we became one of my golfing buddies. So that was kind of my first introduction to media. I knew someone that was covering sports in the city. Later on, when I was in the minors, I, every time I would, you know, same kind of thing as in junior, if I wasn't playing in a game, I was injured or scratched, I would go up and do color on the radio just to kind of see what it was like, right? It also helped our play-by-play by having someone in the booth because he usually did the game solo. That was Those are my first two I guess times being exposed to media and what it was like and it's it's a tough business right you know that as a player guys are trying to cover you every single night come up with storylines it's uh, as you guys know right there's there's always uh, something you have to go after a story you have to catch so I understand that side of it with Sportsnet 590 um, at the fan uh, it started with doing Leafs morning skate so I was going on a show with Jeff Blair from 10 to 11 a.m that went well I had a great time on the radio with Jeff I really owe him a lot for where I'm at today was very welcoming uh, put up with all my rookie mistakes I guess you could say uh, and then from there I kind of graduated onto hockey central at noon I love that a little bit more exposure it's on tv right it's a it's a full U.S. Uh, you know, audience as well as Canada. And th- that was really uh, a big step in, in trying to learn the business and, and going on and getting ready. And, you know, you, you're working with others, right? With the hosts, different analysts, a great experience, right? Uh, I loved everybody I worked with doing that show. And then from there, I went on with Gord Stelic and did the Leafs pre and post. And that was a, a totally different beast, right? You're, you're going on, you have to talk longer about a game. You know, it's half hour before you go on intermissions and then you talk about it post game with a guest, usually a guest or two. So all three different things, right? The Leafs uh, morning skate, the hockey central, the noon and the Leafs pre and post and kind of got my feet wet over a year and a half. From there, the morning spot opened up. I, I got approached by the program director at 590 and. And we had known each other for 20 years, and he originally brought me in with with Jeff Blair in the morning from that 9 to 12 slot when I was doing the, the Leafs morning skate and discussed doing the morning show with with Scotty Mack. Me and for three weeks, me and Scotty Mack, uh, Scott, Scott MacArthur were working together doing the 9 to 12. Uh, Jeff Blair had moved on to a later time slot, and we just kind of hit it off. We did a week together. Uh, one week became two weeks after the third week. He's like, hey, how do you how do you enjoy this? I was like, well, it's three hours. I'm talking all sports. It's it's a it's it's a lot, right? It's you guys yeah. know the business, right? It, it's a lot. I'm a former hockey player. I love sports. I love Toronto sports especially. 
But is my knowledge at where a Tim and Sid is at? Absolutely. A Bob McCowan, it's it's not there, right? I've been in the business for, at that time, oh gosh, it would have been a year, maybe a little bit over a year. So it kind of came all fast, but the morning show was there. I had a great relationship with uh, Scotty Mack. Loved working with him for those three weeks. And, you know, if you ask anybody in the business, he's the ultimate professional and I'm learning a ton off him doing the morning show. So we've been at it now for about a year and a half and it's been a great experience. Uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of learning, a lot of early mornings. Uh, I, I'm at the point now where I've been waking up at three and four some days. If, if there's no game on to cover or if there is, and I fall asleep early, I get up at, at that three or 4 AM time and watch the game and try to catch up on any sports I missed the night before. Just, you know, rewatching a game and I, I jump on a bike and kind of get ready for the show that way. But it's it's been a lot in a short amount of time. Um, I didn't get a chance to go to, you know, journalism school or broad any courses in broadcasting. It's just kind of learn on the go. And I, I'm lucky because there's been so many incredible people that I've, I've had a chance to work with and uh, mentors in the business and uh, guys like Jeff Blair that, you know, I, I can't thank those guys enough. See, you know, and that's a just amazing experience. You got that exposure when you played and ended up developing to what you do now. And obviously, you're doing really well at it. And you spoke of Toronto, of course, and uh, just a couple points myself and Alex get into before we get into your playing days. You know, they being in the media side in Toronto, okay, like outside of playing, which you know, Alex and I know, especially being in Ontario, uh, that the Toronto sports market is quite intense okay especially when it comes to the maple leafs okay obviously there's a passionate fan base and also a grueling fan base at the same time they love you one minute they hate you the next minute and players can reference that the media won't quote that of course but as much as in terms of that but inside of toronto can you explain the this life of being a player and then a life of being inside media the the complete difference inside the city of toronto covering the toronto sports yeah, it's it, it it's hard as a player playing here. Everyone says, "Well, there's media every in every city." Yeah, that's true, but Toronto's it's it's different than everywhere else I played. I know Montreal's tough as well. These are the big stages, though, right? This is something where you come in after the game. There are 50 people, 50 media. Obviously, pre-pandemic, that's what it was like. Yep. You know, you're doing your media availabilities. It's it's hard as a player. You and you can say you don't read stuff or watch it, but you'll hear about it, right? And if you don't read or watch it, you're going to hear about it from somebody you know. So as a player, I was from here. I really wasn't one of those guys that would read the paper in the morning because there's lots of those players you play with or read all the, you know, the media articles. But I would hear it from my friends and family like, oh, this was happening. Or you'd hear someone talk if you're out for dinner with someone. So you would hear it one way or the other. And it's tough to play with. It's every single night, but there's passionate fans in Toronto. That's why the media market is so big because so many people care about this team. Can you imagine winning the Stanley Cup in the city? How oh crazy it would be? Yeah, it would be it would be <laughs> off the charts. So that's something you have to put up with if you want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Have I heard of stories of guys that have not wanted to play here because it's you're scrutinized every single night? Yeah, I've heard lots of those stories and they're real. But the guys that come here love it. They love the city. You got to remember, as a player, and you're and when you're with a team, you need the media. 
pre-pandemic, yep. only 20,000 people are allowed in the rink. You've got to be able to reach the millions of fans that are part of Leafs Nation. So you need the media. Media needs you. It's a relationship you have, and the better you can make it, uh, the more enjoyable your time will be here. As a, and you say, Mike, that the, it would be crazy if the Leafs won the Cup, and I feel like Leafs fans everywhere could kind of breathe a sigh of relief for not being the punching bag anymore. But on the opposite end of that, the team loses 5-1 in the last game they just played at the time of this recording, and you see the complete opposite end of fans going crazy. Are the Leafs fans best at overreacting, or was that loss something that Leafs fans should start looking into a little bit more? What about my Ottawa, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's – when I go on the radio in the morning, I read all the Twitter. You know, I, I browse through Twitter to see what the, the general base is saying. I get a lot of people that mention me. I, I don't like to label fans as overreacting. If you're a fan and you want to react however you want, Say whatever you want about a game. I mean, overreacting is going to be part of it. It's it's part of evaluating the game. When you're a fan, you're breaking down your favorite player, what game, how he played or how the team played or how the goaltender played. That's your opinion. Bring it. I We love that on the morning show. So I don't have an issue of the overreacting or however you want to label up. I, I like to label that as just a passionate fan. So that's what we do in the in the morning show. Yeah, you can come in with whatever, whatever take you want. You know, well, when you text the line five ninety five ninety in the morning, we we try to bring up as many texts as we can. If I don't like your take, I'll tell you live on air. Or I'll, <laughs> I'll I, a lot of times I'm usually balance things out. We get high after a win. I'll I'll usually put on my coaching cap right after a big win or a big loss. You know, you try not to get too high with those big lot big wins, and then you you know those losses like Monday. You try not to take them. You know, you don't want them to to ruin your next three, four games. They're usually never as bad as they look. Uh, usually one-offs, I hope. We'll find out tonight. <laughs> but that's kind of what, yeah. I, I, I'm I lucky enough that I, I got to play the game. And then I got to coach with UFT. And, you know, I got both of those. And now I'm on the media side. I can, I can see the game from different angles. And I'm a fan. I mean, I, I don't know a bigger... Lee fan than myself and if someone looks at my social media or talk to me like well you never talk about it well i'm like you know now i'm the biggest <laughs> Lee fan um but i'm probably the one of the most critical as well i'm critical on any player that i find isn't engaged and doesn't bring it every night because i have my coaching cap on usually a lot when i'm trying to evaluate players and you know we do that every single morning See, obviously your your show is great. I have tuned in. I'm I will be honest. I'm more of a uh, like believe it or not, I started to get up earlier a little bit more. And instead of listening to music when you do your morning routines, it's it's radio shows, it's podcasts, especially in the world of podcasts, yeah. right? Great. You know, it's it's not like I'm putting on the Metallica in the morning to get pumped to do my workout in the morning. You know, it's it's not like that anymore. Maybe you know, like maybe some people it is, but putting on and just hearing people's reactions about games are you know. There's there's so out of the blue sometimes, but everyone is entitled to those reactions. And, you know, being inside and being a fan of Toronto, yourself, Mike, Alex and myself, it's awesome to have a clean sweep of Leaf fans as a guest on a table for once. Usually it doesn't go as smooth for us to go and talk about the Leafs a whole bunch. But you being inside on the media side for that is just 
you're involved great with Sportsnet, right? And your show overall is entertaining to listen to. Your, like you said, you put your your coach hat on. That is the most perfect example when you're going to critique, or you know what? You're also being a host of the show. You're also being a fan and being able to put your opinion on air and allowing others to bring their opinions forward, which is always great for the world of media today, is allowing fans to interact, and that's the whole point of social media. Heck, that's how you and I got connected. I was able to connect with you online, reach out to you, and then we're able to have the show today. So the world of media is just amazing, but in Toronto, it is certainly different. Now, of course, uh, due to our time, of course, we're going to transition from the media side over to your playing days, and there's a whole bunch we can certainly get into, okay, here. We we were going to jump into a lot about the Ontario Hockey League with Kingston, uh, but there's more topics we want to bring forward. You were four full seasons inside in Kingston, which is awesome to see what you did. Loyal to that city of Kingston that you were, and a lot of great teammates that you played there, especially some beauticians, Sean Avery and Matt Cook, that everyone knows in the National Hockey League, some agitators uh, a part of the game. But transitioning from junior, we'd already talked about your draft going twice in the second round twice. And you know what? You get drafted. Okay. And do you remember any particular draft stories that really stick out to you as a player? Like, did you have a GM pull you in or a coach pull you in and be like, Hey Mike, you know what? You're pretty sick, man. You know, like we got to make sure we try to get you in this position. You know, is there anything that really sticks out when you're a player, either from Buffalo, Carolina or other teams? Yeah, I, I, I got a great draft story. I, the problem is I can't remember what team it was. Um, but I, I think it was pretty funny. So before the draft, a lot of teams will meet with all the prospects. So you set up meetings through the agent. The agent will give you a list. All right, you got these four or five teams today. And they usually host them at hotels and in a conference room. So they have the big table with, you know, 20, 25 chairs around it. So I go into this one meeting with a team and everyone is there. Every single scout, general manager, assistant general manager, director, like everybody is in there. So usually that could be anywhere, you know, 15, 20, 25 people. So I walk in and there's 20 people. I meet, I shake everyone's hand. They come up to me on the way in and I meet everyone. They all tell me their names. Then we all sit down at the table. I sit down at the head of the table, obviously. On the, and the GM's usually at the far end and everyone else is down the sides. And we all sit down. It's kind of quiet for a couple seconds. And the GM goes, all right, what's everyone's name? <laughs> and then we're like quiet and then no one said anything and i looked around the room for it felt like 20 minutes but it was probably five seconds and i look around the room like i don't remember i i, I didn't i literally didn't remember one name like i didn't even remember in that moment who the gm was i was so <laughs> shocked yeah i'm like i froze and then the whole room erupted and laughed uh, so, Tim yeah. Scott, cruel yeah. joke. Like, oh my yeah. goodness! Cruel, right? Trying yeah, to pull really out the cruel. obvious names. <laughs> I know. You know what? And I wish I, I I can't remember which team it was. Um, you know, I, I've met most players will meet with you know twenty, you know twenty odd teams, right? Yeah. I forget who it was. There's that, and I mean, I can remember this. This was San Jose. San Jose meeting with them before the draft. They would come into. Toronto and they would run us through some on ice tests and then they had us in the room in one of these meeting rooms I can remember where I was I was at York University at that at the multiplex arena I don't know what it's called now it was a Canlan ice anyways so we go up to the top and usually these meetings are one-on-one -on -one. you're there with the scouts 
I get to there for the meeting time. There's every single player at the draft was in there. There must have been 15 of us in there. We're all sitting down. We're like, I'm like, are you up or am I up? They're like, no, the meeting's here. I'm like, what? Did they give you the same time? I'm like, oh, they messed up the time. I'll go outside. One of the scouts comes in, so everyone sit down. And you're all supposed to be here at the same time. And we're like, okay. I had never seen that before. I'm, I'm 18 years old, just coming out of my second year in the OHL. And then they started the meeting, and they would pit us against each other, saying, oh, yeah, Zygamanis, what, what don't you like about so-and-so? And he, we would talk bad about each other in the meeting where we'd start getting heated. And the guys <laughs> would start battling back and forth with each other. I guess they wanted to see what we were made of, right? And to get a little bit of, you know, insight on our personalities. But it was it was pretty intense because oh, all of us were met. Yeah, we we were all in the same meeting at the same time. <laughs> who had the best church that, that was, day? Do you remember I, anyone? Honestly, it was I, him. I, it was I him. Was try, I'm trying to remember even who was in that draft. I don't remember. I just remember it was San Jose because I, I nothing came close to that pre-draft when I was 18. How do you even wrap a meeting like that up? Like, you're just like, all right, guys, thanks so much. Uh, everybody go through the same door now. Yeah. You are the first hockey player I've ever seen. Why are you even here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, so those are, I don't, I don't, I mean, how many draft stories have you heard of the, like that? I mean, those no. are two, two of the best I've ever, I mean, they happened to me, but I haven't heard any better draft stories than that. See, the best story before I go over to Alex was that the reason why we ask that question routinely is because Trevor Gillies gave us one of the best draft stories. Oh, yeah. To, oh, yeah. When he gave it, went into a locker room and uh, Terry Ryan was also somebody else who gave us actually the most memorable one. It's They were back to back those interviews and about how I can't remember the team and name either, but he went into a room and all they kind of talked about was why he did this. And, oh, we're probably not going to draft you. We just want to bring you in here to let you know we just want to talk to you. And then he went off into a longer <laughs> tangent and story and it was absolutely hilarious, right? Like, and that's yeah. where we awesome. said we ask that question because yeah. – there's always some unique stories, especially if you bring up some coaches like legendary coaches like Scotty Bowman and those guys that have been a part of those drafts. People, it's certainly, certainly entertaining. Hey, Dave, can you stop talking? You keep talking and talking and talking all the time, man. I just want to let people know that they should download the new app, Living Sisu, all about sports, discounts, events. It's awesome. All right, Dave, you can go on with your show. It's enough. Hey, Dave, pump the brakes for a second, buddy. It's my turn now. I'm former first-rounder Rob Shrimp, and I got a message for your listeners. Head on over to 44visionhockey.com and check out our online coaching platform. Back to you, Dave. Enjoy the show. Yeah, and when you finally got your first shot in the NHLs with the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that just finished winning the Stanley Cup, when you're playing with guys like Brenda Moore, Wesley, Cole, Francis, these, these guys that have been there, done that, did you feel a little bit extra sense of comfort knowing that all right i think i'm in good hands with these veteran guys yeah there's a shock when you first get there for me anyways is first off it's wow i i watched these guys on tv my whole life i I remember watching ron francis play in in 91 in the maple leaf gardens you know i and then all of a sudden he's my captain when i got to the nhl yeah it's it was a bit of a shock for me but uh, you know the veterans were all great when i was trying to crack into the league and the Carolina Hurricanes were a great organization. I'm still good friends with Jeff O'Neill today. And he was one of the, you know, the veterans with Carolina when I started my pro career and he opened his house, let me stay there during training camps and summer training. So it was a lot of help to me in my pro career. And, you know, he owed him a lot, but all the guys were for the most part, were really welcoming and, you know, always try to make you feel like you're part of the team and, that's one of the things you kind of miss about the game when you're done is 
the guys in the locker room and the dinners on the road and just watching different sporting events, whether it's a Super Bowl or just hanging out with the guys, uh, you know, on, on a day off. Definitely things you miss. Oh, definitely. Now, you know what? Uh, a couple more things we want to get into. And the one, a couple of them being, obviously, your time and just quickly with Wayne Gretzky as a coach and then uh, a little Pittsburgh-Toronto points before we let you go. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you flat out, and this is probably a pretty common question a lot of people get when they play under Gretzky as a player. Uh, like, in terms of him as a coach, okay, and, like, how was that? What was he like? The routines? Like, was he a player's coach? Like, just kind of a quick synopsis about how Wayne Gretzky is as a coach no he was great he was great to me he was my first full season in the nhl played 70 some odd games and brought me in as a fourth liner i was in another lineup the first 10 games and kind of found a spot there with george larock and oleg saprikin hit it off and then end up getting third line minutes halfway through the year and re-signed for two more so I, i owe him a lot for my career for bringing me uh, into the Coyotes organization, yeah, he did. He, I thought he was, I thought he was great. And it's, it's, he's in a tough spot, right? Uh, how do, uh, the greatest player in the game, right? Uh, what's your expectation as a coach, right? It's to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, it's that's just so unrealistic in the NHL. It is so hard. There's so many good teams every year. You know, as soon as the playoffs start. 16 teams can win so uh, I really think that there's 20 teams in the NHL that that have a crack of winning the Stanley Cup every single year and that's that's just not possible like how many times have some of the organizations won cups there you know the Leafs have been 1967 haven't won that's just how hard it is right yep so it's I think the expectation on them to it must have been a lot, but from a player standpoint, he was great to me and I owe him a lot. And, um, you know, he was, uh, he always treated me well with the team and it was unfortunate. I was only there a couple of years. I would, would have liked to have been there longer, but I ended up going to the minors and then, and moving on to Pittsburgh the year after. And I guess you would know a little bit about winning a Stanley Cup when it comes to talking about Pittsburgh. Uh, what kind of stories stick out from a Stanley Cup run? I mean, what a nice thing to put your hat on at the end of a career. Yeah, I, I didn't play. I, I had surgery that year. Um, but it was a great experience as well. I, I love Pittsburgh. love the town. The guys there on the team, I still uh, keep in touch with them. The Stanley Cup run, so many things have to go right. You have one of the best assembled teams of all time. You have two of the best players in the game right now. You have the hottest goaltender in the playoffs, and you still needed six, seven things perfectly to happen. A, a missed breakaway at a certain time of the game, the, a big overtime winning goal, a big play at a certain time. You still needed, you know, half dozen, dozen of those things to happen to win the cup. It just seeing the inside of it and how much work and how hard it was on the guys to win. It was incredible. I'm lucky enough to have my name on it. I didn't play in the playoffs, but I was there practicing, and I was coming back from uh, uh, shoulder surgery. So I owe the Penguins organization a lot. Mary Lemieux, Ray Shiro, you know, still involved me in the team, got me a ring, got my name on the cup, and um, it meant a lot. 
Awesome. That's fantastic. Get your name on the cup. That is a dream. And a friend of mine, uh, Tyler Kennedy, I was actually there when they won the stand, like not there when they won the cup, sorry, when he brought, uh, when the cup was able to come to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, where of course we're based out of, I was able to go to his house, his private party and do it. And, uh, you know, I remember trying to lift that cup and I was at the time pretty, I was working out the time I still found it was heavy, but I can imagine uh, those players that lifted it above their head, it probably weighed like a feather because of all the work and ethic that you put in to winning that and have your name and ring on, like getting a ring and then having your name on the cup is just absolutely that's the dream right no matter however way it happens but nonetheless last point we'll get into before we let you go mike is just i want to transition over to toronto playing for your team in toronto and there's so many points that we could get into so i'm kind of going to leave the floor with it for you here you obviously you obviously had dallas akins with the marlies you're up in toronto where ron wilson was there uh, a lot of criticism from him from maybe our end of news more so but luke shen's development you were there in his third year i believe as when you started there when so of course there's always that criticism about how Luke Shen his career was kind of hindered because of Ron Wilson Dion Phaneuf was the first year captain I believe when you were there from the top of my head Nazem Kadri Jake Gardner uh, guys are missing Nazem Kadri right now in my honest opinion to be honest I feel like that's one guy that would put Toronto over the top up front uh, the kind of your thoughts about playing for your hometown you're playing for the Maple Leafs organization and to cap that all off uh, kind of now that they're so exciting to watch should Leaf fans be anxious when they're not being successful right now, have some dry spells, or is it time to be excited to be a Leaf fan? I think it's exciting. They've made a lot of strides in the last three years. What do they have to show for it? A bunch of first-round exits. The last couple of years have been tough. But I think they're there. The cap issue is is something to be concerned of, especially since it's not going up. Having four players making $40 million, that's going to be tough to put a team together that, that you want to have, right? That's going to be tough to uh, – that roster construction, you're going to have the challenges. I like where they're at. I like that they're tougher now. I like that they changed a little bit of their philosophy with their you know, puck possession. They're throwing pucks in behind defense, putting pressure on other teams, making, making them play, um, you know, Putting just throwing a puck to the team and, and, and making them come at you, I feel like that's a, a skill that no one really talks about. And, you know, you put the team in an awkward spot on the ice and, you know, every, everything today is all puck possession and, and zone exit, zone entries. There's Watch the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. How many pucks did they put in? How many pucks did they throw out of the zone, Right. They, they played the game the right way. It's hard to play against. It doesn't look pretty. It's probably not good on the stat sheet. It doesn't look good in analytics, but they won a cup. And I feel like Toronto's on that path right now. The addition of Simmons has really changed. Muzzin on the back end. I love bringing in TJ Brody. Bringing in Joe Thornton this year is, is a big one for me. And he's a guy that's been there, right? He's, he's gone the distance. He hasn't won a cup, but he's been the whole way. He knows what it takes to win at the international level. And what he's brought to this Leafs team has been great on the ice. But I can tell you right now, him in the room would really change things. And these guys are going to learn, you know, they're going to take that next step. It's still a young, youngish core, right? The Marner, Matthews, Nylander, they're still young. They're still developing. There's a lot of unfair pressure put on them at times. But they're, they've all had incredible starts to their career. And um, I really love the step Matthews has taken this year. More grit to his game, tougher on the puck down low. He looks like he's more engaged. He's physical, so he's doing all these little things. He's coming back in his own end a little bit more. He's showing that side of him that 
you know, other players are going to want to play like that. He's going to drag players into the fight, and that's what's important. Yep. And you playing in Toronto just must have been an honor for yourself, right? Before we let you go, it must have been absolutely thrilling for you to play and put on that jersey. Yeah, it was great having my family at, at all the games, my parents, my friends. It was it was only there a little over a month. I, I was three years with the Marlies, but the the month that, and so I did play with the Leafs. It was a it was a great experience. You you, you don't imagine I mean, as a kid in the '80s watching Lehman, Wendell Clark, in the early '90s with with Doug Gilmore. It, it, you dream about playing there, but what, you know when you're standing on the blue line and they call your name, you know it's 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 definitely uh, for any Toronto kid you dream about playing for your hometown. And it was uh, it was great to get there. Wish it would have lasted longer, but um, you know it's something you know no one can take that away from you that that you got to play for your home team. I was just upset it wasn't in the Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no better. Now, Mike, I know um, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Uh, I, I'm very thankful. Hopefully we can have you on again in the very near future and keep in touch. Uh, Alex, I'll uh, transition to you. Yeah, Mike, and before you go, uh, we usually like to add a bonus question and that maybe uh, catches our guests off guard a little bit. So what would you say uh, you were better as, a player or now as a coach? Oh, oh. Um. wow! I, I don't. You know what? That is that that bonus question, Alex. I didn't prepare him for any bonus question. I let you have that. That is mm-hmm. perfect. I, I thought uh. you were going to go the media route first. But that, <laughs> oh, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I coaching is a lot different than what I expected. Um, I'm not the head coach of UFT. I'm an assistant, so Ryan Medell handles the lines and you know it's his final call for on everything they'll probably tell you i i have no idea what i'm doing coaching but for me <laughs> i i feel like there's uh definitely a, a uh, something bigger in coaching than than as I, what i accomplished as a player so i'm i'm hoping there's there's something else out there um you know both equally good uh i loved playing the game but you know maybe coaching has uh you know, something more in store for me. That's funny. You know, it makes me think of Brian Burke for a second. Oh, he's back. With <laughs> you know, I'd say like, I know Brian Burke has a quite an accolades and a resume, but you know, I was going to make the joke of he can get a job. You can, but you know what? <laughs> Berkey, is still, Berkey is still Berkey, right? He's yeah. a truculent. He's great. His yeah, Berkey's great. He was hilarious, by the way. Like, like yeah, he's great. I couldn't handle but laughing because he's just so serious, but it's so he's trying to be funny. It's it's awesome. It's hilarious. But nonetheless, Mike, again, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to come on the show. Uh, myself, Alex, and the whole crew here in the Game Entertainment Media and the Game Sports Show appreciate it. As I said, uh, we'll certainly be in touch. A little bit of a quicker edition, if you will, for our listeners that are the, that they're used to. But great content overall, and we'll be in touch. Thanks a lot, guys. Had a great time. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. And of course, thank you to Alex. It's been absolutely amazing, my friend. Uh, We're going to get to our conclusion portion. Obviously, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms for the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media. Now, getting to that conclusion portion, I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, journey threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.